Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.34 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers Now. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. I uh, was there last night. It's great seeing Taylor, Maggie, and the staff at Roos Chris. They definitely took care of us. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Just before we bring aboard our NHL insider, John Shannon, uh, this text comes in from Jay, who says, Bob, how tall and heavy is uh, Philip Roberg? Well, he's listed on uh, both HockeyDB.com as well as Elite Prospects at six foot three, 203 pounds, uh, 6'3", 203. He, to me, he looks at least 210, 212 pounds. Like He looks a little like he's filled out a bit. But the skating, uh, and again, I, I always want to be, you know, somewhat cautious. But when when guys on the ice are sitting there watching a guy walk through a whole team, it, it sort of catches everybody. And it's not like it's a training camp in the fall where you got fifty five players there. You're down to twenty eight skaters. Like this is the best guys. This is actually a, a much more competitive situation. Let's bring aboard our NHL insider John Shannon. John, how you doing? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, good, and you know, uh, cautiously optimistic about the potential uh, growth for uh, the Oilers' defense. You know, by the way, it's Oscar Kleffbaum's birthday today. Well, there we and, go. And uh, yes, uh, twenty-seven years of age. Seventy-seven is twenty-seven. Yep, and uh, it's funny. I put a tweet out and called him a solid top four defenseman today, and I had a couple guys. Uh, Solid top four. He's a top two. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. But, you know, if you're the home team broadcaster and you call that, then you're a homer, right? But uh, if you're sitting there getting excited watching a guy walk through a whole team uh, and he's got all of his teammates doing the old double take, I, I got to tell you, John, Bro, like I don't expect Broberg to be in the opening lineup when the Oilers play Chicago. But he has he has turned some heads and he's got some people excited here, and he was he was the talk of the last uh, few days here, and and lots of organized. I know Nick Robertson's being talked about in Toronto, uh, but Broberg's are. Pretty, I mean that happens once in a while in it training does. camps. Well, let's th- face it, Broberg's. Uh, I, I mean, a, a year after the draft, uh, a year of hockey in Sweden for him. Yep. You know, these kids, and they are still kids, these kids mature so fast now. And as you talked about, there's no question that Broberg's bigger today than the day he was drafted. That's that's just nature. Uh, you may not think he's in the first uh, night against the Blackhawks, but I'll tell you what, you know as well as I do that the, the playoffs 
and now with a fifth round of playoffs, the playoffs are certainly a war of attrition. Yes. And you're going to need more than six. Uh, and then there are going to be guys that take advantage of those situations once they're given a position in the lineup. And, and uh, I would suggest that, you know, by the time we get to the second round, the, the, the real Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Oilers have advanced, I wouldn't be surprised to see Broberg in that group of six. Well, I go back to 2004, Calgary Flames, Brennan Evans. Brennan, he played two games for Calgary in that playoff year. Brennan uh-huh. Evans reached out to Rob Dom at the U of A in, I believe, the summer of 02, uh, about, or maybe it was 03, I forget, whatever, after his 20-year-old year, and Rob's like, I don't, I'm not sure I'd have a spot for you in our top four defense at the U of A. He went, worked his way up from ECHL to AHL, got himself on an NHL deal, and the only two games he played in the National Hockey League, he was a career minor leaguer. But he got into the Flames in the third round of the playoffs, John. And yeah. you remember Buffalo in 06. Like, sure. I was praying for Buffalo to beat Carolina because they were four defensemen down by the end of that series against Carolina. I knew Buffalo was more dangerous up front, but they were so banged up on the back end. And look what look what's happened with Broberg, John, already. Mike Green. So Broberg originally was slated to be one of the 11 defensemen. And maybe right. he was 11th. Well, then Green as is his prerogative, opts not to play for family reasons. We're all fine with that. So now he's at 10. Well, now through the first week, he's moved past Legison and probably moved past Bouchard, right? So now we're sitting there at 8, and you can make a stronger... And that's just... That's automatic if you're looking, and that doesn't include, you know, has he been more noticeable than Caleb Jones? Yes, he has to this point. Well, now, Caleb he... did miss a bit after yeah, testing yeah. positive. So right. You have to get... Here, here's, the, here's the thing, and you, to me, you mentioned three guys, uh, Broberg being one of them. Um, and when you, met, when you mentioned Evan Bouchard and then you mentioned Caleb Jones, this tells you um, where the future of this organization is 100%. on the blue line three or four years from now. And and the, the one caveat I would put on it all, Bob, is certainly Broberg is, is improving. You know, Kenny Holland, Kenny Holland and, and Dave Tippett can, can now be a little patient and take their time. And I know that, I know that we're all chomping at the bit uh, to get back, get into the playoffs, play the playoff games, go for the Stanley Cup. Uh, but the plan still is the plan. Uh, and the plan w- wasn't to uh, overexpose these guys uh, in in August and September uh, and sacrifice them somehow, some way, uh, for the long-term success of the organization. You know as well as I do. And we, I mean, we, I can give you ten defensemen, ten defensemen in their careers that got burned out too quickly uh, by their first experience in the NHL. Uh, and uh, and you just need to you need to be you need to be patient even when even when you do have an opportunity like like the Oilers do with a guy like Broberg. So here's the thing: people say, "Well, why didn't he? Geez, he you know why didn't he put up better offensive numbers in the Swedish Hockey League? Why didn't he put up? Why wasn't he on the power play for the the Swedish team at the World Juniors?" I'm like, well, that's a 19-year-old tournament. He was 18. You know, it's yeah. a, there's there's something about servitude, and you know what? Team Canada does that as well. Like, you know, there were guys that played ahead of Quinton Byfield because Quinton was a draft hey, eligible. Hey, listen, you, uh, you and I both remember Sid Crosby had to work his way yes. onto the team. He, he wasn't everything. All he was was a special teams guy in his first year. And, I, I, you know, if memory serves me, Connor had to work he, his way on in his as first a year with the World Junior Team. 
as a winger. They had him on a yeah. wing the year, like year year before his draft year. And yeah. so, what I, I guess what I would say, John, is just the the, the explosiveness and the skating and. Uh, he, like he's been helped because he's been, you know, in Sweden he he focused on playing defense, and he didn't focus. He didn't run the power play for Sweden at the World Juniors, but in playing in the SHL this year, it's clear that he's been he's been trained. Now, here's another thing, just to throw out there, he's been skating. And, oh, by the way, he can skate. So he's yeah. been on ice. There's some other guys out there that maybe – because we, we're not sure who exactly has been all in skating for the last couple of months and who – you know, maybe there's a couple of guys that have only been skating for three or four weeks. Uh-huh. And, but but it, it you know what? It does – you know, and maybe the plan right now is for him to return back to Sweden, and we'll see if – I mean, you mentioned it. There's a possibility at some point he gets in. I'm just saying it's been like he he was the talk for the opening week, and there's some other teams that got guys like that surprising as well. And John, what makes this unique is it's not 50 guys or 60 guys in training. No, that's right. It's 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 a much better indicator of where guys actually stacking up. Yeah. So it's that's the elite intriguing. group. There's no question about that. And as the Oilers transition Broberg and Bouchard into the NHL, let's say by 21-22, as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, they, when you factor in Ethan Bear, who's come back, John, and then you got Clefbaum and Nurse, we're not sure where Larson will, you know, do they re-sign Larson or not. They'll have the makings of a pretty good defense, and that's exciting. And I'm not including guys like Jones or Berglund or uh, Samaruka. Like, one of those guys might break through, too. They're at a different spot than they've been before in defense. Yeah, they are, well, and look, how, and in, in many ways, I know that Oiler fans will probably laugh at me when I say this, but look how quickly it's changed. There was a time... 18 months ago when people were saying we got no hope on the blue line where are we yeah. going to get the, where are we going to get players on the blue line um and uh, you know a couple of drafts a couple of drafts later uh this this team has a really really good future when it comes to what to expect from the guys on the back end john over 2,000 tests done just two positive tests uh put out today by the nhl uh, that has got to be, uh, uh, fr- frankly, I mean, too too many positive tests, but still, you'll take those numbers. Oh, I mean, when, when I first read the numbers, I was shocked. I, you know, I thought there was a mistake. Um, you know, when you consider that we were uh, a month ago, there was there was a, there was what four, I think forty three positive tests uh, with three hundred and ninety six players in in phase two. Uh, and to to know that uh, to know that this has happened in phase three to me is is quite phenomenal. The one thing I would tell you is, that, and I've talked to at least four teams, and they have drilled it into their players how to be diligent uh, through this time. Go to the rink. You go home. You're not out on the. You know. You, know, you may not even be on the golf course. Uh, you know, monitor yourself, monitor your family. Uh, don't do anything stupid. If you want to get to the bubble, we have to be in great, great shape when it comes to the COVID numbers, and that's what most teams have done. They, over the last three weeks, teams have done Zoom calls with all the players. They've been keeping the, the training staff have been keeping them updated on what to do and how to do it, uh, and it seems to have paid off. Well, I mean, great news for Oilers fans here over the last couple of days. Everybody on the ice for the scrimmages. Yeah. So that yeah. means everybody's healthy and good to go. John, you provide us some. In- we got the broadcast team set up. 
Well, for Canada, yes. For right now, uh, it's you know. So uh, Chris said, Chris Cuthbert, Louis DeBrusque uh, will do the games through the play-in round, the qualifying, the qualifiers, uh, and the first two rounds in Edmonton. Jim Houston, Craig Simpson will do uh, similar in Toronto. Uh, at the uh, at, at the official third round, which is the conference championships, Jim and Craig will then migrate from Toronto to Edmonton uh, before I assume, and I'm assu- I'm making this assumption that Chris and Louie will do one conference final, and Jim and Craig will do the other before Jim and Craig do the Stanley Cup final. All right. Uh, you also tweeted out today uh, some parameters in terms of how the audio will work for the television broadcast. Yeah, we, I mean, this has always this has been a huge discussion point since it was announced that you know there was going to be the hub and going to be the bubble and no people in the in the stands and all the ice sounds and all the voices would be heard. Well, the NHL is going to actually uh, uh, work with a bit of censorship uh, and uh, and work on a five second delay, um, and that will be done actually in the mobile in. Uh, in Edmonton in the host broadcast truck and the world feed truck and it will be done the same thing here in Toronto with the world feed truck where there will be somebody monitoring all the microphones that are used uh, in addition to all the ice mics to be used and uh, there will be a way somehow some way to delete all the expletives uh, and, uh, and and let's put it this way and the litigious, litigious lines uh, when it comes to uh, what players say and coaches say to each other on the ice Oh man, that's uh that's too bad, huh, Bob? Well, it it also uh yeah. So so media will be a <laughs> so so TV so one TV broadcast will be allowed in the bubble. That will be the broadcast that everybody else can pick up and then the respective local regional broadcasts for the qualifiers can have their own people broadcast out of their studios with the video. Uh same for I'm assuming for the radio broadcasts. So they're dependent upon that video as well. There is going to be media in the actual building. They're going to be on a different floor. They're yep. not going to be. They're not going to be on the eight-floor press box at Rogers Place like we normally have during the year. Uh, now that's an interesting one. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's frankly, it's part of hockey lexicon and jargon to use uh, several of those seven words that George Carlin used to say. You couldn't say on TV, John. Doesn't that kind of, kind of come part and parcel with the sport? Yeah, you know you're you're not wrong. I mean, but the interesting thing is I don't I'm I'm still not sure uh what advantage it is for media to be in the building that much. They're not going to be able to talk to the players, they're not going to be able to talk to the coaches. Yep. If they're doing observations on what's going on uh, in the game around the game, then that makes some sense. Uh but to me the real real advantage would be for broadcasters to be in in the arena at all times. Just because you get a sense of what's going on, and you also get a sense of what happens away from the puck, because so much of the flow and yes. and, and 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 the uh, the the play is dictated by what happens away from the puck, not with the puck, and that'll be difficult for all the broadcasters who will do who are going to be doing that off a monitor. That's going to be hard on them. Yeah, no question, because it is a different world. Uh, let's get you to comment on a couple things. You put a tweet out to say, saying, by the time the whole return to play plan is complete, yeah. the Stanley Cup is awarded. The National Hockey League will have invested 50 to $70 million in the project. Yes, uh, and remember, I mean, everybody says, well, they probably do that anyway. Well, they don't really do that um, in a regular Stanley Cup year. A, there are you know, hundreds of thousands of tickets sold for all these games, so that mitigates some of the losses. 
and a lot of the costs are uh, are absorbed by the teams. Well, the the NHL is absorbing all the costs uh, on this tournament, um, uh, and uh, that way they can police it to a a, a much stronger level, higher level. Uh, and uh, it's a for the sake of argument, let's take the high end. This is a seventy million dollar experiment and a gamble to make sure that. Uh, people can still enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs and enjoy a Stanley Cup winner uh, in a summer and a year where everything everything that we've known to uh, to be in the sports world has been topsy turvy. So it's it's seventy million dollars. It also gives NBC, which is uh, the next network uh, with its contract negotiations up for grabs in the next uh, eighteen to twenty four months with. Uh, Gary and Bill in the New York office. It gives them a chance to uh, to prove their worth, and the, the league proves its worth to NBC. So, to me, it's all part of filling that Olympic void, keeping your business partners happy, uh, and it might be worth the seventy million dollars. John Carlson, Victor Hedman, Robin Yossi. Who are you taking for the Norse? Well, I, I like Yossi because he doesn't get any any credit ever. Uh, I, I think Yossi is probably as great a player as he is. He might be one of the most underrated players in the game because he plays in Nashville. And and uh, I think I think I think Carlson will win because I think voters will go and look at his numbers and look what he did. But I, I think if you if you actually did a a deep dive on all of this, that uh, Roman Yossi deserves a real crack at the at the uh, at the Norris Trophy. And by the way, it, you know here's we we talked about Broberg coming from Sweden. Carlson's an American. Yossi's Swiss, and Hedman's Swedish. I want to know where the Canadian defenseman was. Way to start it, John. Way to go, man. Well, I'm serious. Know. I mean, 50% of the players in the National Hockey League are, are, are Canadian still. 50%. Uh, and who are where, we where do you think where, Alex, where, are, where, where are our best players? I, and that's a concern for me. All right. Well, when we get the final voting, let's see where Alex Petrangelo from St. Louis and Drew Doughty from L.A. Yeah. finished them. Because no, I, I, bet, I, know. I bet you they're both in the top eight. I hope so. Well, I hope so. You know, I thought Canada's defense, and it's the last time we had a real Olympics where we had all the best players. I think Where, Canada. 14? In 14? Yeah. 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 I, I know it's been a couple of years. Well, you know, we're producing some pretty good forwards, John. Oh, no, no. Hey, listen. Hey, hey Bob, I want to stay at the top. I'm Canadian. I want to be at the top all the time. I want to produce the, the, the top five forwards. I want to produce the best goaltending. I want to produce the best defenseman. You know, I, Do you want a theory? You know, Do you want a theory? Is, we, can't, you... we can't rest on our laurels anymore. Do you want a theory as to why uh, Sweden and the United States might be producing better defensemen right now? Fire away, Bob. Because we have too many coaches in junior that aren't teaching their defense to make plays. They're more worried about getting pucks out and playing it safe. And we need more coaches focused on skill in junior. And I'm and I'm serious about this. And living with, living with the mistakes. And in Sweden, uh, the other thing is, who's been the best Swedish player in the league over the last 20 years? Nick Lidstrom. So those kids grew up wanting to be... Uh, sure. Right, wanting to wanting yeah, to be like Nick. No question. And in the U.S., John, in the U.S., they they come from other sports, and sometimes they're point guards or they're quarterbacks that end up going into hockey, and those guys tend to end up in playing defense. So that's my theory: is our most competitive best players grow up becoming centers because of guys like Sidney Crosby and a next generation like Connor McDavid, and yeah. conversely. In Sweden, in the in the U.S., they're 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 geared towards a different. It's just like 
25 years ago, Quebec was producing a lot of goaltenders. Uh, sure. Cause, cause here's here's the one. To, to build on what you said, and the one thing that I think is really important, and I, I don't know how we fix this, although the pandemic may fix it for us, is that there's too much. Uh, there are 52 CHL teams in Canada. There's eight in the United States. There's 52 CHL teams okay. in Canada. Yeah. Uh, those, those coaches, they're not paid to develop players. You know what, yeah. they're, you know what they're paid to do? Win. Win. That's, That's what they're paid to do. They're paid to win. So the, the business aspect of junior hockey uh, over uh, or, or supersedes uh, their, their, their need to develop. And that, uh, that, might, that might be something that, uh, that plays on your thought about uh, coaches in, the, in the junior hockey teaching, um, teaching the to win ones, rather than the, teaching to develop skills. The good ones develop skills. And I'll give you a comparison and contrast of two fourth overall picks from the same organization, Kale McCarr and Bowen Byron. Let's watch the evolution of those two players because they're both really special. And ironically, uh, and I don't know if Broberg and Bouchard have anywhere near the same ceiling as those two guys. Those guys are pretty good. Kale McCarr is pretty good. (laughs) Kale McCarr is good. Uh, Byron's team had a tough year in Vancouver. They went through a lot of stuff on and off the ice. It's going to be fun to watch. we got to pick this conversation up on Wednesday, John. All right? Sure. Hey, no problem. I mean, well, you know, you can be wrong again. That's fine. I'm often wrong, John. I'm <laughs> reminded of that on a nightly basis in the Stoffer household. You know that. So there you Hi go. everyone. That's right. All right. Hey. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks, John. All right, Bob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 1254 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Mike Smith. Miko Koskin and Dave Tippett seen on the weekend. They're going to need them both here as the orders get going for return to play. Quick text center, Ashley Five Floors text line from the Chiseler out of Vegas. Bob, I won't laugh at you, not in Swedish, but the lexicon of the situation, reality is really interesting. I'm going to go with Roman Yossi for the uh, Norris. Love all the nuances of the show. Heard Jack's on today. Is it Truculent Mondays when Jack's there? Bob, you've got an access, uh, an abscess. If that's the case, mix in a few NyQuil with Red Bulls, will you? Uh, I kind of tried a version of that. T3 with uh, a sugar-free rock star 
and uh, a Bailey's and coffee once on a flight and passed out in the process. So I've not gone down that road uh, since. Uh, to another texter saying, Bob, a theory about uh, defense. Uh, the CHL is not a place for young defensemen to develop. They go too soon, and the absolute elite can navigate through playing kids four and five years older. Best Canadian defenseman in the future is Kale McCarran. He played in the NCAA. Canada's development model is uh, for the... 0.1%, and they'll get passed by the Americans for good in the next five years. I'm not just going to, like, let's not forget, just on the right side, uh, when you're rolling out guys like Alex Petrangelo and Drew Doughty, those, you know, before Shea Weber, like, we, there's some pretty good defensemen in Canada. They didn't get, you know, again, Petrangelo, is he a top five defenseman? Is he, he I mean, certainly everybody in the league would say that, Brennan, do you not agree? Drew Doughty and Alex Petrangelo are probably two of the ten best defensemen in the National Hockey League, and they're both right shot D. So, there you go. What do you think? Yeah, no yeah. argument from me on that. I mean, both like Doughty in particular, I think, because of the team and the way that that's gone the last couple of years, his play. He's on the ice all the freaking time, so I guess you're going to get exposed from time to time when that's the case. But those yeah. are, are, to me, still the two pinnacle. If Riley could do it consistency, he would be the best Canadian D-man in my mind right now. Really? Morgan Riley? Don't you think so? I don't think he's better than Doughty or uh, Petrangelo, no. Maybe it's, you know, I, I. by the way, I also don't think Austin Matthews at this stage is as good as Leon Dreisaitl. Neither despite, do I. That's despite, a silly argument that comes out of the East. Yes. John Shannon was our Oilers now headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. It's 12.59 in Edmonton. Hour number two, we're going to hear from Michael Rupp. Mike Rupp, longtime NHLer from the NHL Network, and Jack Michaels. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.